Property Podcast. Today is the 17th of June 2021 and with us we have got Ellie Mackay. Hi Ellie. Hey, hi Michelle, thanks for having me. Great to have you on the podcast today. So Ellie is the Managing Director and one of the founders of the Combined Property Group and creator and host of the On A Mission podcast. Um, So it's probably likely you have heard or seen Ellie in, on social media because Ellie, you are super active and uh, it's hard not to miss you, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> um, and your podcast, I like uh, the, the theme of your podcast, just, you know, the on a mission. I love that title. And I like the fact that it's not just about property. It's about, you know, just different people in different industries and, and what you can learn from them. And you've had some fantastic big names on already um, Rob Moore Daniel Priestley um, so quite a few big ones there especially in the property world that people can recognize so um, but you know you haven't always been in property it's quite sort of a recent uh, venture and you know I'm sure uh, the last three years have felt like 30 but <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so oh, go on tell us a bit more about um, why property then why did why did you kind of get into uh, this whole the world well, what a lot of people don't know, um, Michelle, is we, we actually started investing in property back in 2006. That's when we did our, our first investment opportunity. We were we were in our early 20s. We were full of entrepreneurial spirit. And um, yeah, we, we, we had high ambitions. We just didn't have a great deal to back it up, if I'm being brutally honest. We were those idiots that sat there, and I remember it vividly, sat in the beanbag on the floor in front of the computer at like 21 years old, Googling, get rich quick. So <laughs> what, what could possibly go wrong? But for those of you who have been in property a while, in, in 2006, you know, it was a great time to, to do property. It was when you could buy a property and then refinance it in the same day and pull all your money out and you know it was a phenomenal time to be to be doing business and and that was certainly the dream that we were sold um sadly didn't work out like that from us it was a a, an off-plan development and we bought it for 125 grand which you know in terms of property isn't huge amounts of money but when you're in your early 20s on you know a, a modest salary it was it was quite significant, but it was going to be worth 175 by the time it was completed. Um, it was due to complete in 2008, and um, you know it, it was a fail-safe development opportunity. Of course, it, yeah. So, so then real life happened. The development got flooded. Um, it was put back to 2010. And although the recession started in 2008, what a lot of people don't realise is there's quite a lag in terms of the, the dip in the property prices. Yeah. So the prices didn't actually hit rock bottom until back end of 2010 early 2011 which was when our development was complete so the property we bought for 125 grand was worth 60 grand we could only get a 75 percent mortgage based on the 60 grand I think we had already put down a 25,000 pound deposit we tried to just walk away um, and, and and sort of take the hit um, that wasn't an option. The developer was going to come after us for our existing assets, which at the time consisted of a second-hand Fiat Punto or whatever, and you know the house that we were living, in, which was probably worth about eighty grand. You know, we didn't have much at all, and it was a real baptism of fire. We had to to come up with, I think it was forty or forty-five grand within a very short space of time. Um, we had to, to beg, borrow and steal. But, you know, it's it's really amazing what you can achieve when your back's against the wall. And we did somehow meet our financial um, obligations. Um, we do still have the property in our portfolio and it's still not worth a fraction of what we paid for it. And that's with the, the market being as buoyant as it is. So 
So that was our first experience of property. Um, and like you see, I, I then kind of retreated to the safety and comfort of the nine to five. I became very risk averse after that. Uh, my husband, he went on to set his own um, electrical business up in 2010. And it was really strange watching the transition in him. I was your stereotypical employee that when the alarm went off on a Monday morning, I would just be thinking, oh God, here we go again. Whereas he's like getting out of bed, a little spring in his step. And when, when we come back from work, he would uh, quite happily get the laptop out in the evening and things. And I, I really couldn't grasp that concept. I was just thinking like, surely you, you, you shouldn't have to work in the evening. And he was like, well, it's an extension of me. I, I love what I do. I'm passionate about building this business. And, and all I'm thinking is like, you're missing out on the real houses of Cheshire or, you know, <laughs> And it was just, it was, it was such an alien concept. And I, I'd previously been in a, a quite a high performance job. Um, it, actually, in my, my late teens, I was, a, I was a sales manager. I had over a hundred staff working for me by the time I was in my, my, my early 20s. And then due to some some family uh, commitments, I basically had to, to leave that all behind me and, and kind of start from scratch, start from, from like a, quite a, an entry level job and kind of build that back up but but watching Mark transition was a real eye-opener I, I started to really feel as the years sort of progressed and the pain of the the first property development started to, to sort of fade away I, th those old feelings of knowing I was capable of more I was always quite a high performance person and I'd, I'd let life get in the way and I became I became a bit of a victim you know there was lots of reasons for me to to blame, complain and justify where I was. And there was very little accountability. You know, I'm struggling with my mental health then off the back of that field development. You know, I was on all sorts of medication. I pretty much had a full nervous breakdown and that kind of stayed with me for, for quite a lot of years. And it was actually in 2017, back into 2017, I found out I was going to get made redundant. Um, and I was actually, um, I was on maternity leave with our, our third and final little boy, Samuel, um, and, and was made redundant in 2018. And by this point, we had, it was a bit of a law of attraction, if you're, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, we were, um, the, the electrical business was was doing really well. Um, we'd had our hardships with that and came out the other side and, and things were going well. And Someone we knew had actually done some property training. Now, this this whole world of personal development and property training and education, it's just the norm now. But I didn't know anything about this world. I didn't think it existed. Um, I was naturally quite a sceptical person as well. You know, why would people be teaching this stuff if they were truly successful? I was quite, quite jaded, really. But somebody we knew had went on this property training and we had a lot of respect for them. They were already very successful in their own right. They were quite big into construction. They um, you know, they'd been out to Dubai doing big developments and stuff over there. So they, they weren't sort of green to it all. And they came back and they had their mind absolutely blown. And he just sort of got the cogs going a little bit. You know, what, why not me? But, you know, the, the reality of it was, and I share this quite openly because it might resonate with some of your listeners, Matt, I always had a real inner grit, a knowledge that I was capable of more. But at the same time, I was battling quite extreme postnatal depression. I had very bad anxiety. Uh, I had, um, you know, crippling, uh, a crippling lack of confidence. I was struggling to leave the house without having panic attacks. So there was a huge disconnect from where I was then three and a half years ago to where we are now. So, yes, it's been a hell of a journey. But we, we did that property training Back in 2018, we went on to buy two properties within four days of, of leaving the, the course, which I, th I think is a personal best. And we've, um, 
not that I'm competitive in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and, and yeah, we, we, we just not stopped since. Wow, that's quite the journey then, and quite a, a huge shift, not just obviously in um, in career wise, but you know, in in your mindset and your mental health, and and I suppose having a new purpose as well, and some a reason to get up in the morning and and um, and get the laptop open in the evening for for something that you're actually passionate about as well and uh, I think that must have been quite the uh, quite the surprise to yourself I guess um, it, it was it was completely life-changing and anyone who follows me on social media will know that I talk about this a lot you know success is about so much more than money in the bank but I didn't necessarily know that three and a half years ago we just got into business to have a better standard of life and a better standard of living for, for us and our children and the freedom and choices that, that money does buy you you know money's neither good nor bad but it definitely provides you with a, a, better, a better standard of living and I don't think people should be, be ashamed to to admit that but where I found my real passion, you know, we, we went on within a very short space of time. We've built, we built up our own property portfolio, multi-million pound property portfolio with, with none of our own money. And we help our clients to do the same. And, and um, what, what I found was the most surprising is when I set up this online presence, the reality was it was to put myself out there for people to like, know and trust me, for people to, to sort of share the journey. But I didn't really expect what happened by sharing the vulnerabilities, by sharing the real life struggles of running multiple businesses, because we've got three businesses, we've got an electrical installation business, our fire protection business, and we've got a property business. So spinning all those plates whilst trying to, to build a brand, whilst trying to, and we're looking at, you know, I make no qualms about this. We didn't come into this to play small. We, we always came in to, to dominate. You know, we, we want to be up there playing with the big boys and, and really making some waves. But in order to do that, sacrifices need to be made. And uh, you see a lot of smoke and mirrors in social media and everyone sort of, not everybody, but there's a lot of posing in front of your Lamborghini and get rich quick and five quick steps to success. And that just isn't the reality. And I found by sharing our own truth and our own journeys and um, the, the lows as well as the highs, it really resonated with people. And the more people were messaging me and telling me that my story was inspiring to them, it not just inspired them to set up their own business or given them the confidence to, to do something they wouldn't otherwise done, but but people were sending me some really deeply personal messages about their own struggles with mental health or depression or the, the mum guilt of um, having to be out, not having to be out and about, but choosing to be out and about. You know, this is a choice for me. When I, when I go to London and do, do a, a talk, for example, and I've got an overnight from the kids, that, that's not to, to put food on the table. That's the reality. The food's already on the table. Yeah. This is this is me doing something that, that I'm hugely passionate about and want to do. But of course, you do you do battle the mum guilt as well. And I like to keep it real. And this is where the, the podcast and, and things have come on. And it's very interesting because a big part of our business model is raising investor finance. That's how we fund our project. And we've raised millions and millions of pounds from LinkedIn predominantly as our primary platform. But it's never the property related posts. It's always the posts where I'm sharing a bit about myself and, you know, sort of putting out that authentic vibe that it tends to to attract the, the high net worth investors. And that goes against the grain because there's conventional wisdom, even within the entrepreneurial world. We like to think that we're, we're critical thinkers and we do things a little bit differently, but then within, within the property world, everyone's kind of advised to do the same thing. And my, my experience is people don't want to see a photograph every time you go and see a viewing. They, people buy from people and they, 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 they like to get to know you. And 
I think the more genuine you can be, the more that uh, radiates and attracts the right people. And of course, it's going to repel some people as well. Make no mistakes about that. It can be quite controversial online, but you don't need everyone to like you. You just need your, your right tribe. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I think it's quite refreshing as well. And certainly from an industry that uh, is predominantly very male uh, you know, dominated there. It's the uh, where you've you've got people who are just doing the viewing shots, or they're just talking about the Lamborghinis, or uh, or selling a course, or whatever it is. And it's it, it it's almost I'd say a little bit stale. Um, and you've got overlap that with the the shiny Instagram. Uh, you know, it, it, this is all perfect, and this is you know all going so well. So I think kind of a fresh a fresh face, not just in a kind of feminine presence but also an authentic one of like this is really how it is um and that's is something obviously that stands out for for you and in how you deliver you know your content and it's just it's very raw and and very real and I think people can connect to that and especially like you know today's world especially where you know everything's so kind of disconnected and you're not getting that personal real human interaction um then it's I think it, it, it's like a you know shines like a light doesn't it of, of people like oh my god this is actually someone who's not just achieving the success but actually here are the here are the sacrifices like you say and the compromises along the way and you know there's um there's a price to pay for for whatever we do whether that is um, you know and every and, and and there isn't any right way of course but as you said there about you know kind of just getting that balance right and struggling with that or the, the guilt versus the you know following your inner inner drive and inner passion uh there's a balance to be made and, and obviously people never see the whole picture but um i think it's it, it again it's just refreshing isn't it to, to, to share that journey because you either see the uh, the mums who are, who are just in the corporate life or other mums at home there's not really that many people who are uh, who are who are juggling that and and you know um, making the best of of both roles if you like of being being the moment being the property investor so it, it's something I'm hugely passionate about and it, it's a topic I do speak about a lot because sacrifices have to be made 100% and you know for full transparency I work harder now than I've ever worked but I don't see his work because very much like Mark Mark, all those years ago I'm so passionate about what I do and this is why I don't think the work-life balance really exists because I, I yeah. don't see his work yeah. when the kids go to bed if I'm doing a clubhouse or if I'm talking to it recording a podcast speaking at an event that's not work to me that's fun I would rather do that than sit and watch Netflix and there's a time and place for sitting and watch Netflix I'm absolutely not saying that people shouldn't do that and everyone's got their own path their own goals their own level of aspiration that they're working towards and their actions need to be in line with the goals for somebody who's looking to do a couple of buy to flips a year they don't need to be doing all of this output so so I'm not I'm not a huge fan of advocating the hustling grind you know for me this is you know I was sat doing a zoom call to midnight and I was doing some 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 serious business off the back of it on Monday but I, I had a glass of wine in my hand and it was with a really good friend and you know something that that um I'm always talking about is relationships are the highest form of currency and I don't think this is particularly specific to property but people really don't grasp how important relationships are cultivating good people and 
developing those long-term relationships and that can be from you know leading by example with your own team we have a culture now we've got 18 staff we've grown up to 18 staff and it's like a family you know we, we, we've got an ethos where we we treat our clients like royalty and our staff like family and you know our, our company values are we do what we say we're going to do and the reason I share that with you is because I think the reason one of the reasons that we've had the, the, the relative success that we've had within such a short space of time is because we do what we say we're going to do. Now, call me naive. I'm not <laughs> that used to the business world. I've been an employee before. So I kind of just presumed that this yeah. is how it works. You say you're <laughs> going to do something, yeah. you do it. And, you know, sadly, that's that's just not the case, whether it's with builders, whether it's with solicitors, you know, we we could go on and I'm sure everyone in every sector faces these challenges. But because we did what we said we were going to do, we were almost treated like demigods and we were kind of scratching our heads because at that point when we were starting out, you know, we always try to really deliver a Rolls Royce service. That's something that's hugely important to me. So if I have third party contractors letting me down, I take that very personally because I, you know, I've then got to, well, we don't go back and, and you know, we, we, we do whatever it takes to make sure that doesn't ever impact our investors. But that's the frustration for me. It's And that's why actually a bit, a bit of a sidebar, but we've chosen to, that's why we do have 18 staff. Um, again, there's lots of different ways to leverage people and to outsource. But for us, like with the build team and things like that, after we've been let down time after time after time, you know, we've had builders screw us over. They've, um, you know, variation orders every two seconds, absolutely killing our, our, our contracts. We've had builders not paying the subcontractors, withholding payments, saying that it was us, the client, when it wasn't. We've had builders not, not being present when we've turned up on site. I can give you so many examples. And you kind of get to a point and thinking, well, this is for us to do what we say we're going to do and not take excuses because we won't allow excuses from ourselves. We need to do something about this and mitigate this. And that's why we've got our, our operations manager now and we've got our project manager and we've got our site supervisor and we still have challenges, but we are just trying to, to, to constantly look at where, you know, the, the, this is business, isn't it? You look at where the problems are, where the gaps are and what you can do to resolve them and, and do it better for next time and, and continually streamline that. Yeah, and it's not just continually streamlining, continually uh, growing and and kind of pushing those boundaries of, of what's possible for you and your business and, and your team. And, and I love that. It's that, that uh, constant and never ending improvement, isn't it? Just uh, seeing what is possible and the, the, the potential out there. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's not for everyone. Not everyone kind of feels like that. Um, but as you said, you know, the doing the, doing the podcast or whatever is not to put food on the table. Now you kind of pass that point, and and it, it's just to follow that passion. So uh, I guess it's kind of what's what's next, and is it just you know, do you have a um, like a clear plan of, of where you're wanting to go, or is it just let's just see what what we can do honestly like we, we we have we have such big aspirations but I'm also I like I'm not someone that likes to be pinned down I'm your classic entrepreneur full, full of full of energy full of ideas um implementations definitely not my strong <laughs> point so so it's um surrounding myself with people that are going to keep me to account and, and make sure you know I've got all sorts of you know I've, I've, I've got our, our admin Vicky she, she like has to send me about three reminders on Friday to get this done I've got Kira sending me reminders to get this done and I I have people pestering me no 
non-stop because because I'm ridiculously flaky. But you mentioned so you mentioned the podcast. Um, my my um, real passion and purpose in life, I think, is is to help and inspire and support people. Um, and make as big an impact as I can on the world. It's not something that I monetize. Um, I enjoy doing that through my podcast. Um, it's something I get huge fulfillment from as well because it's high performance people. I'm obsessed with high performance people. And you said earlier, it's not just about property. It's about people that are on a mission or have been on a mission to know what it takes to get to the top because those attributes and disciplines there's so many common denominators when you look at those people. So we've got like Ricky Hatton, for example, world's champion boxer, nothing to do with business. But I tell you what, those disciplines and attributes and mindsets and the mindset that it takes to be a world champion, there's just so many similarities. And I love just connecting with such a diverse range of people. You know, I've had... I've got um, Neville Wright, who sold kiddie care for 70 million, but a lot of people don't know he's got a property portfolio worth well over 100 million pounds. And like he, he owns most of Peabody. Like they're, they're just such phenomenal people. And, you know, we, we talk about your network being your net worth. And I, I, I cannot, I, it's a cheesy saying, but you know what? It's bloody powerful because three years ago, three and a half years ago, when I got into this, if you just said to me then that I'd be chatting to a millionaire, I, because of my own limiting beliefs around myself, my own confidence, my own baggage, I'd have just been like a, a, a gibbering, right? Like, why would a millionaire want to, to speak to me? Putting people on a pedestal. Whereas now my network, all, all of my network pretty much is millionaires, decamillionaires. Yeah, I've got my first billionaire coming on the podcast, um, Joe Fraser, who's like the founder of Reebok. And I've actually got another few billionaires that are <laughs> going to be following him. And it's like, it's absolutely mind blowing. Now, will that put money in my bank? No, but you know what? My mind being nourished by and stimulated by this level of thinking, this, this sort of... Um, abundant mindset the solution based way of thinking the, the practical advice the, the the sort of studying the the different routines and patterns and things that these high achievers have in common I just find it absolutely fascinating and although this was never the intention of the podcast there's so many people have got an interest in property and now we, we've actually we're, we're on boarding clients off the back of it because I don't even particularly promote the fact I do property which is my bad really and, and mm -hmm. I've actually had to see so, so what, what's the day job kind of thing is it just a podcast I'm going oh no we're property developer oh we're interested in property can you help us I'm like absolutely so you know you, you, you're kind of fishing in a different pond and th th this is something that again it's, it's, it's a bit of a tangent I did I did warn you before we were live I, I go off on many many tangents but pe people tend to all fish in the same pond and I've never bought into that I remember uh, reading a Paul, Paul McKenna book when I was like 19 when I was into personal development before I you know when I was still in my high performance job before I kind of had to, to to start from scratch and then went went on by the way to, to think it was all the happy clap happy clappy woo woo American bullshit that wasn't for people like me but interestingly when I was successful Full, I bought into it when I was depressed for years and years and years and on a low paid job I just thought it was all the crap and now I'm back into personal development and oh, so funnily enough you know there, there's a bit of truth in it all but but <laughs> one of the stories in Paul McKenna's book was he, he was basically I'll, I'll butcher this I always butcher stories I mean it was it was nearly 20 years ago since I read it but basically what he was saying is if you go for like an entry-level admin job for example or just just use them, any sort of entry-level job that's um minimum wage or what have you and and this was back then but it's still relevant now you will have hundreds of applications to go through 
if if you go and apply for a hundred grand a year job, there will hardly be anyone applying for it. You're actually statistically a lot more likely to get that. And that kind of always resonated with me. Yeah. And I've always kind of went for things that were above where I appear to be at that moment in time. And I kind of did that with LinkedIn. Everybody else was saying, oh, take, share the journey, you know, take pictures of your view. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to tell any lies. I'm not going to make out that I'm something I'm not. But I am going to position myself as that preeminent authoritative figure, whether that's my industry insights, whether that's sharing more about me and going down the personal brand route, which nobody was going down the personal brand route really when it when it came to property. There's a lot more people doing it now and, and not jumping on the bandwagon, but perhaps just, just realizing the power of it. Uh, so yeah, I, I was fishing at a completely different pond and we, we'd actually, this might just help anyone that's, that's starting out because I think there's a very limiting belief for those people who raise finance as part of their business model that you need a track record in order to be able to do mm. that. But I mentioned that we bought those two properties within four days of doing the property trading. Well, we were buying them off some sort of a trust or something like that. Like the legal process was a nightmare. It took about five <laughs> months to get it over the line because just, I mean, we, we don't seem to have any straightforward to tra- transactions. We seem to have a story with all of them. But um, anyway, it took five months to physically get those keys. So there was no on-site photos or track record right. to do. So I had to get creative. Yeah. It was the case of start now, get perfect later. And, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And it was only because we didn't have anything like tangible to shout about yeah. that I went down the personal brand route. And then we, we, we found we'd raised like a couple of hundred grand before we'd even picked up the keys to our first property. We thought, bloody hell, we're onto something here. And then 2019, I went on to raise four million pounds in investor finance just through LinkedIn, just through mm. one platform. So it, it, it absolutely can be done. And, and there's so many ways to do that. And, and with the podcast, for example, it, it's if you were to just go and say to, I'll use Joe Fraser as the example, the founder of Reebok, just message him and say, fancy a Zoom coffee? Do you want a Voffy? Voffy, everyone's talking about Voffy, it's a virtual coffee. Do you want a Voffy? Just be like, um, no, <laughs> I, I'm a billionaire. I don't know you. Like, why, why are you contacting me? Um, but people are just so much more open to chatting to you when it's when it's through a podcast. And especially because I've had, I've had I mean, blessed enough to have some fortunate guests. It, yeah, yeah. Some high profile yeah. guests. It just makes it a little bit more enticing for people too. So in terms of where it's going, something very exciting has happened this week. Um, mm-hmm. I have just been asked to speak speak at expert empires um so yeah i'm gonna i'll be able to see them sharing a stage with ed mylett who's coming over from the states to headline so that's by far the biggest kind of speaking gig i've ever had i've I've done sort of not low level it sounds terrible but i've I've done reasonably like small public speaking events 50 people to 100 people but this is going to be like 600 people so it's going to be next level so that's that's really exciting um, and, and I think just just continuing to, it's nice to be in a position now where we can focus on working on the business finally, rather than in the business. And um, my husband's still, still, still in it to an extent, you know, although we've got the team and things like that, we've still got to get people up to speed. But, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm in a fortunate position where I can kind of drive things forward and push the vision and continue to connect to people. And, and really now we're moving it. I think there's a bit of a natural evolution you start off with your singlets and we've worked up to HMOs and then conversions to apartments and things like that. And um, I mean, it, it's absolutely insane. Some of the stuff that we're, we're appraising, we're, we're hopefully a, a, about to do a, a deal for, for an 8 million pound development, wow. um, which is, is not over the line yet, but that's the kind of thing that we're looking at now. And it's, it's, 
even six months ago, if you'd have said that to me, things just progress <laughs> so quickly. Okay. Uh, but if you if you do the due diligence, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about how difficult it is to get deals at the minute. I'm like, wow, like we, we, we're not struggling. So I, I just think it's, again, it's down to relationships. Had people spent more time building relationships during the good times, now that it's a lot, that the property's a lot more scarce, they wouldn't be finding this issue because we, we, we've connected with the, the auction houses, the estate agents, the top sourcers, not, not, not the, the more questionable ones. And we're getting the opportunities because people know when they work with us, speed of implementation is everything. We do what we say we're going to do. You know, we pay people well for the services. We want everyone to make money. We want it to be a win-win. And um, the, the, the opportunities are out there in abundance. Absolutely. And it goes back to what you were just saying about the, you know, applying for the higher position job in, you know, looking at the bigger deals, there's less competition. And they, they, they come from those relationships that you built up over time and not just, um, not just the relationship that you've built, but how, like you say, you've positioned yourself with, um, you know, on social media. And and it, it's not just about positioning yourself, but attracting people on different levels of, of success. And essentially, they're your new peer group. Yeah. So, you know, there's whether they're in property or not, it doesn't really matter. It's it's all about actually the, you know, we talked about limited beliefs. I'm big, very passionate about personal development as well um so it's all about you know that you are the people that you spend time with and uh, and and just widening that kind of well it is possible to look at something that's eight million and and if the figures stack it stacks as good as it does an eight hundred thousand pound project so um before- you know, can I just say though, the, the, there's actually less risk sometimes because with these bigger numbers, you've you've got more of a buffer as well, and you don't need to to necessarily. I, I'm not saying that this is advice, but this is just my my own personal opinion. You don't necessarily need to always cut your teeth with the small stuff. The key to business is surrounding yourself with the right people. Is as Steve Jobs famously said when Steve Wozniak sort of said to him, "What is it you actually do these days?" He's like, "I conduct the orchestra." You know, you're not there to play the instruments. You're there to make sure you've got the right specialists in the right areas and and that's where the skill is and you know it's just having a higher level of thinking to combat problems because I am getting so sick of hearing my project manager saying we've got a delay because the bloody plasterer didn't turn up and then this has had a knock-on effect on this and that and the trade you know certain trades are like booked out to to next January and February and I thought like well this isn't working for me because we have a program of works and we need to stick to it but like for example this this big development I'm talking about it's it's actually a street it's, it's a street randomly like Mark's about to do a walk around with um, a couple of structural engineers to um, just do our last um, bits of due diligence before we formalize our offer. But for the structural engineers section of that job, you're looking at 250 grand, maybe 300 grand in professional fees. So that's going to get put out to tender or hopefully somebody will connect with um, and be able to to kind of work with before it even gets to that point. You're not going to have the same problem. The same with the builders. If you're saying to a builder you've got or a joiner or joinery company, for example, or a bathroom company or whatever, you've got 24 back to back to back to back to back. You're just not going to have these issues with them not turning up to give you a quote. You know, it's if you're finding that there's problems at this, everything's bottlenecked at this part of the, the pipeline, 
then just move, move your goals, move your aspirations. You've got more of a buffer. Surround yourself with competent experts who know what they're doing, the best in the business, chartered builders, you know, structural engineers, top quality architects. Don't, don't skimp. The most expensive is not necessarily the best, but we learned very quickly that you do tend to get what you pay for. And we, we've always invested in top solicitors, top accountants, etc. because you get it back tenfold. If you're in the mentality that you're just trying to, to skim and you know get it's 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 not it's not just having an abundant mindset but you're not going to attract the right people to work with you because if people aren't earning money then you know what what's in it for them yeah and I, I, especially on this kind of scale that you're talking about if you're talking about refurb in a two-bed terrace and you want to kind of you know at the very beginning of your journey and you want you need to kind of you need to save you know the extra pounds here and there okay fine go and get the tiles that are on offer but on this level, you know, there's just uh, th- th- there's no point, is there? Like you say, it's priority is that it goes smoothly. You achieve your um, the GDV that you're looking for, and then everyone takes a cut of the profit, and everyone's happy. And then you know you do another one. It's valuing your own time. A lot of people don't place yeah. enough importance on their own time. So if they're running around to all these different bathroom suppliers and stuff like that, I mean, I, I think of it quite simply. You've got your £10 an hour tasks, you've got your £100 an hour tasks, and you've got your £1,000 an hour tasks. And, you know, I appreciate we're all at different points in our journey. But as a, as a director or as a managing director, as a company owner, you should be on your £1,000 plus an hour tasks. You should be driving your business forward and you should be delegating everything else below that. So arguably, if, you, if, you, if you're out trying to save 200 quid. Um, even if you've only got one refurb, right? Even if you've just got one refurb, I'm not talking about just being silly with money as well. You know, we're 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 very savvy. We, we we won't be ripped off. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But if you're running around all these different bathroom suppliers to save 200 quid, you're not doing anything to to, to find any new properties. You're not doing anything to onboard new clients. You're not doing any income generated activity. It it's just getting out of it's getting out of that mentality. You've just spent four hours driving around to save 200 quid. Well, I'm a thousand pound an hour girl all day long. So that's, that's four grand less 200 quid. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's not good business. <laughs> it doesn't stack. <laughs> no, it doesn't stack. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and I think, like you say, it's about the, the problem solving and the abundance mindset. And I guess, you know, just like, like with the podcast and having these different people on I'm curious, what else? Uh, is there anything that you've learned from people who are outside of property, perhaps, that you've brought in? So you mentioned a bit about routines, but are there any examples where you thought, aha, uh-huh, right, that is an absolute gem. I'm going to bring it into my world and what I do. I, I have learned something from every interview and I've thoroughly enjoyed everyone. And it's really different hearing. It's great hearing the different perspectives. But um, we, we had a guy on called uh, Dodge Woodall, who's got nothing to do with property. He's actually the founder of the Bournemouth Seven, which is one of the biggest festivals in the UK. And he, he's now the co-host of the Harry Redknapp podcast, which, which is a really random story. He just set up a podcast during lockdown because he couldn't run festivals. And uh, ITV contacted him and said, Harry wants to do a podcast with you which is all really random but he he just said something that really resonated with my husband and I actually and he worked and he said that he works very hard to keep things simple Uh, and 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 I was at a point at the time where I was I was getting a little bit overwhelmed with um 
systems and structures and you know and and I think it's about recognizing where your strengths are like I was saying before you know I'm not a very organized person but I have learned to set up my life in a way where other people can support me and help me with that to make sure that that's that's not to my detriment but in terms of the personal development stuff as well so so I kind of think that we could overwhelm ourselves with that. And if you follow me on social, Michelle, you know that you know, I am a bit crazy. I'm hugely into this world. And, you know, I've been doing cold water immersion, the ice baths and things like that. I've recently got into my fitness and done, done a few crazy fitness challenges. I've done the, the four by four by 48 with, with Goggins. I've just done a 15 and a half mil um, endurance bloody hilly thing. I had no idea there was going to be hills in it. It absolutely killed me that we kind of done a few half marathons and things like that. And I'm, I'm just at the start of my journey, but I think there can be a tendency to, to to compare ourselves. We see that we we don't do it, but we can look at other people and think, oh my God, they get up at half past four, they go and do a half marathon, they come back, they do their meditation, they do their journaling, they do their, their gratitude. Whole, whole miracle morning in one. <laughs> whole miracle morning. And I've not even, I mean, my alarm doesn't go off to quarter past six. You know, most people, I'm kind of like, you can feel if you're not in the right mindset you can feel like you're failing before you've even started your day so 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 my advice to anyone just going off the the back of dodges um dodges working hard to keep things simple is set your own standards okay don't you know it's great to look what other people are doing but I think it's important that you know what's right for you set your own standards whatever they are and just make sure that you stick to them and once you've created a new habit whether it's personally or professionally that and you've stuck to it you've implemented and you feel confident then you can stack another habit but I see so many people trying to go from from north to 100 again this could be professionally or personally I mean look at the gyms every January this happens every January doesn't it we all overindulge over Christmas we're all eating and drinking too much and then come January people are training six days a week they're not eating food because they're having all these bloody green shakes and stuff like that and they go from north to 100 and then by mid-February the gyms are empty again this happens every year people set off with the best of intentions but they're they're, they're not doing things in a in a way that's going to promote longevity and and actually the compound effect of just making small incremental changes is so hugely powerful and we don't we don't always recognize how far we've come and and i and i still don't because when i started this personal development world i didn't start off doing all of this stuff you just start doing one thing at a time and just because cold water immersion works for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you you know it, it could just be going out for a walk every single day for 20 minutes or or replacing main media for a podcast or an audiobook and, and just doing things in a way that works for you that's not going to overwhelm you try not to compare yourself to others and and just don't overcomplicate things because I think as entrepreneurs we do have a lot of different ideas and mm-hmm. life can be overwhelming that is the reality of it life is overwhelming we've got three businesses three kids and two extremely mischievous puppies like life can definitely be challenging and then you're trying to to fit in your fitness and your meditations and everything else it it can seem like a lot so strip it back when you need to don't feel bad about it if you need to have a little break from it all from personal development or what have you then don't don't feel guilty about that go and just listen to music or go and have your Netflix binge go and have a bottle of wine you know you don't have to be this perfect person a lot of us are trying to emulate a false reality and this is why I try so hard to keep it real on on social media you shouldn't drink because of this you should be doing that it's like who are these people to tell us how to live our life just be just try to be better than the person you were yesterday whatever that means to you 
Yeah, I think you're right there about the sort of entrepreneurs in particular that, you know, they're, they're very much in the personal development world often. And it's just, well, you know, what's the most effective, you know, use of my time right now? And and what could I be doing? What should I be doing? Uh, and it's just getting that balance between wanting to fast track everything you can do and stand on the shoulders of giants and, and, and have those hacks so that you can... Um, avoid the mistakes of of other people for example and just learn quicker and uh, and achieve quicker but at the same time not having that burnout and making sure that actually just checking in with yourself and checking in with you know the people you care about and uh, and what's going on and just kind of staying having some perspective and I think that well I certainly haven't mastered that but it's a it's I think it's a constant kind of um for me, it's about apparently airplanes are about ninety eight percent of the time they're off course. Yes. So it's constantly kind of course correcting, and I think that's a much easier when you know what you want to do or you know what y- your values are. And not necessarily about like the goals, um, but actually, you know, what is it you're standing for? What is it you are wanting? You know, for us, it's about lifestyle and um, and and that kind of pushing ourselves and exploring our passions. So it's like, well. The constant checking in is this what I want to be doing is this you know taking us closer to where we want to be um and you know when like yourself you you've got so many opportunities coming your way now with social media there's a sort of influx and you think well actually just because it's an opportunity is it the right one for me right now like how do you um like you mentioned about the speaking engagement for example um and some things that are outside of your comfort zone is it a stretch or is it a, a you know you're full in the panic zone should you not be doing this or is it <laughs> <laughs> well you know if, if your goals don't scare you then then potentially they're not big enough but you know after I so I I put out to the universe that I, I wanted to do this and then that so this is very interesting I'll just give you a little little story um so we, we were put as a high performance person you I'm continually it's in my sort of DNA to want to strive for more but that can that can cause a bit of a disconnect between we talk about gratitude a lot, don't we, within the personal development space. Now, as someone who has had their challenges with mental health and, you know, has experienced that that sort of darkness and, and it's a continual ongoing battle. It's just not one that I um, will lose because I refuse to accept it. And that's why I'm continually doing things like the cold water immersion and why I've incorporated the fitness. Cause I hate fitness. You know, I'd, I'd rather, I would rather I'm lazy. I'd rather be sat eating pizza and drinking red wine. And, and and this is why I kind of share this with people because I am not that Tony Robbins guru on the stage. You know, I'm I'm just me. I just want to sit at home drinking red wine, eating pizza. But I don't do that because I'm account I'm accountable for my own actions. But there's there's a, it's very difficult to be to feel grateful when you're constantly focusing on the future and what you want to achieve. Because I I believe to experience gratitude you'll need and this this is easier said than done you you have to be happy and content with the here and now and how many of us truly live in the moment we're either dwelling on the past whether it's positively or negatively or projecting into the future and it's not until we're really connecting with with where we are at the moment again I'm a lot better at this I'm definitely not going to mastered and that that you can feel truly grateful and I I believe this is just my, my own view and until you are grateful with what you've already got, you are blocking future success. And about a month ago, 
I was checking in with myself um, and realised that, that I was kind of off course. I, was I striving? I don't know. I, I felt like I was half arsed and everything. I didn't feel like I was showing up for my kids properly. I didn't feel like I was showing up for my team properly. I was, you know, and I, I kind of got to the point, I thought, well, what, what's this all about? Because success isn't about money in the bank. Success for me is about happiness and fulfilment. The money is the byproduct when you're good at what you do. And that's not to say that I'm not materialistic and I don't, I don't want to accrue wealth. I absolutely do. Because in order to do any kind of good in the world you do need to accrue wealth in my in my opinion but it certainly isn't money that makes me leap out of bed in the more the, the more you know and sadly look at the amount of celebrities that commit suicide that we perceive have it all with their flashy houses and their flashy cars and they look beautiful and you what have they possibly got to be depressed about it's it is the, 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 this is the, the the mentality from the outside world and as somebody who's experienced those sort of suicidal thoughts and things like that in the past I, I can really connect with that and I checked in with myself and I thought you know what I'm, I'm not happy I need to I, I need to step back I need to stop striving I said to my husband you know if we don't buy another property this year at the end of the day does it really matter mm-hmm. um, you know I, I, I just feel like we need to we need to regroup did some massive soul searching and uh, really took a step back. The, the very next day after having this epiphany, I woke up and it was, I felt like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. I felt like this deep gratitude, this happiness I'd not probably felt since my childhood. <laughs> so what happened that day, Michelle? Now, if you don't believe in the law of attraction, guys, and this story doesn't convince you, I don't know what will. So that day we raised half a million pounds in private investment. We had a property come back to us that we'd viewed like months. It was only a single let. It wasn't a huge development, but we, we'd viewed it months before and it wasn't, you know, the offer didn't work for whatever reason. They came back to us and they were like, yeah, but we'll have it. And then since since then, over the last few weeks, you know, we're, we're um, close to, to, to hopefully, fingers crossed, it's, it's absolutely not over the line yet but hopefully close to securing this this development now this street I was telling you about I've been asked to speak at a huge um event that's by far exceeding anything I've done in the past where um, we've had land sent to us that we're appraising we've got we've taken on new members of staff we've just had so much clarity in, in different areas and opportunities that have came uh, in our other businesses as well and it's just absolutely insane and I truly believe that that wouldn't have happened if I did not checked in with myself and and, and taken a step back so it was, it was crazy just having that kind of unblocking if you like of that that kind of built up pressure I suppose it's like okay you know are we on track and just clearing that out and then then attracting a whole new wave of, of opportunities so yeah it's fantastic well Ellie I think probably it's a a good place to wrap up I know I'm conscious of your time as well and uh, it's just been fantastic to actually get a picture of that journey you know before and after and gosh obviously didn't know you before but now your energy and and how you talk about yourself and your journey um, you know it's so positive and it's just um, it's, it's not just positive but I think there's that kind of element of kind of personal responsibility that you know you're responsible for your life and you and whatever you choose to do is you know that's that's kind of the right path and you you know you've got the options you're not kind of a a victim of um of the past and it's just anything's possible so it's been fantastic to and, and, and great energy for us uh, recording today so thank you very much for your time oh thanks for having me i've thoroughly enjoyed it michelle absolute pleasure thank you well we look forward to watching your progress and uh hopefully see you again soon likewise thank you very much thank you 
And for anyone who is not yet a subscriber of the magazine, please click a link in the show notes for your free first copy. See you next time, guys.